0: Welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast, a podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week, we bring you a new idea, however big or bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now, here's your host, my dad, Ryan Scott. Welcome back! Welcome back to the Big Ed Idea Podcast. I am your host Ryan Scott, um, and I've got to I've got to tell you guys this is episode number one. Um, I'm not really even counting our introductory episode because that really didn't have any any substance. Um, but I'm telling you, you were you're going to be in for a treat. Um, when I was putting out feelers for this podcast, um, this dude was the first one to reach out to me. Um, and honestly, when I started to look at his resume, his repertoire, so to speak, I was super stoked. Um, I'll tell you, I am a music fanatic. So I love to talk music. Um, some of my, my best employees I've ever had have been my music teachers. Um, and so when, when this dude reached out to me wanting to, um, to talk, it was exactly what we needed for our first episode so without further ado let me introduce my man his name is david not david am i saying that right you got it all right and david is from the fine state of pennsylvania um he is a music educator at the milton hershey school which i'm not going to go too depth into that i'm going to let him tell us a little more about that uh, but he is a music music educator in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And so without uh, further ado, David, you want to tell us just a little bit about who you are, uh, maybe how you got into education, and then um, you've got to tell us about this school.
1: Yeah, great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on your inaugural episode and talking about education. It's a such a, such a passion for so many of us. And the community where uh, we've met, you know, on the the online edu, edu sphere, if you will, there's so many great, great people uh, to connect with. And uh, I'm just really grateful for this opportunity. Uh, You know, I've been teaching for I think now I can say I'm on my 20th year, I think we're actually at that point. So there are too many, too many years to even remember the, the full count. So I guess I've hit a milestone. But 20, you know, I, 2020. Yeah, and here we go. And uh, you know, I started teaching high school band and thinking that it was going to be the high school band path to the college route, get a DMA, and move on in and become the next great college band director and. Uh, the life journey that you plan at 20 doesn't always be, become the same one that you have at 30 and 40, and you make Amen. pivots. Amen. And uh, I did some time in all in all areas. I had some college adjunct work and a lot of high school work and a lot of success, and landed this wonderful job opportunity at what I call the sweetest band gig on earth at the Milton Hershey School, and I've been there no pun intended no pun intended it's absolute truth and we uh i think we're uh coming up on year 13 or year 12 and it's just it's been a great ride and it has challenged me to be a better version of my teaching self and personal self every day it's just it's a wonderful school
0: awesome so before we get, i want to ask you a little bit more about the milton hershey school but yeah please um, before we get into that i so when I, when I was a kid, my mom made me start taking piano lessons. Um, I want to say I was in second or third grade. I um, mean, I played piano. And then in fifth grade, I had the pleasure of joining um, the elementary band, which, um, if, which is the number one thing that I wish we could bring back into education, um, at least here. Um, I started playing the trumpet in fifth grade, played the trumpet, um, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth ninth grade i was in high school band um but i had to make the choice because at that time the band director would not allow us to do only concert we had to do marching as well and that coincided with my soccer schedule and so when it came push to shove i gave up um band which i i I can definitely say was one of one of those things that i wish i hadn't done um i loved my relationships i mean as you know in as a music guy um band band kids are a different breed in themselves um i love hanging out with them because they usually think outside of the box um just the the nature i think of the beast but uh i loved 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 my time um in band now having said that uh, my band director was my mom's band director so he was super old school sure um, i'll never forget we were playing I don't know what we were playing but somebody made the mistake of being on the wrong key or something and he took his stand and threw it in the middle of class and then I also remember this dude our drummer was not drumming on beat and he decided to stand behind the kid put a stick on his head and pound out the beat and so, um, yeah, that probably not the way you should be doing things. I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure that's not how you roll.
1: That's not how I roll. <laughs> pun intended. There, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, interesting you bring up those stories because um, I just had an opportunity with uh, my arts supervisor. We presented for uh, our district. Uh, our music education district, uh, a talk on trauma-informed music education and SEL and, and how it relates to uh, music and how you can tactically and practic- practical implementations. And it's, it's interesting you say that because I think so many of us have those stories. Yeah. Those stories of if music is so arts and and kid focused why do we have so many of those stories and it's great to see the paradigm shift away from them i mean i have them not to the quite to that extreme of somebody playing the uh, the bass drum mallet on my head fortunately i fortunately i was able to keep pretty good time as a drummer and didn't have to worry about that but I can I can remember stories in I in, oh, well we, we led that session off with about five different versions of have you ever been in this this ensemble where you know the director says leave when you actually know how to play your instrument or sure running up on stage and yelling and cursing at the trumpet section because they missed an entrance and you know the the era of of the the toscanini yelling for 20 minutes at the orchestra those days are gone and they need to go and they need to be right and the sooner the better and if anyone listening is still do that doing that please stop just stop <laughs> and let's yeah. let's be better we can all we can all be better and we can for absolutely sure. be better
0: yeah i i say it all the time like um if if schooling looks like it did when we were in
1: school um we're doing something wrong yeah for sure i i i can say i can get loud in my rehearsal but it's more in in the use of humor you know and and when you got a bunch of 10 year olds in in your rehearsal and they're constantly playing f's instead of f sharps and yeah does it get frustrating absolutely but let's meet it with humor as opposed to hatred absolutely and uh let the kid know what we need to do instead of what they've done wrong. And that's exactly laugh, laugh along the way, because at the end of the day, you know, we just want the kids to love being in our room. well, absolutely. And we create that climate, don't we? That's for sure. That's, that's, I think it is an important thing for us to think about.
0: I think it's an amazing thing. Um, I think I, I learned this, I think it took me, gosh, it probably took me six years to realize that, um, the days that my kids were the worst behaved, Strangely coincided with the days I came to school and was not in the best mood. Sure. And uh, when I when I quickly learned um, to create my own positivity, wow! Like I don't know if the kids picked up on the energy or what it was, but yeah, I, I firmly believe that we create our own climate in our classroom. And and in, co- coincidentally, as a leader, I think we we create the climate in our building too. So,
1: right, I, I agree. I I know when I made the pivot from from high school rehearsals into learning the you know the middle school band game which is completely different in 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 approaches even though you yeah, have the similarities of we still got to pre- present music we got to make it musical we got to play in tune but the 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 mind game of of what what does a 10 year old 11 year old 12 year old want to hear from the podium so different than what a 17 year old wants to hear and one of the biggest learning moments for me fairly early on the middle school game was when i'd get excited in rehearsal all of a sudden the kids would start talking and then i'd be like hey we can't talk in rehearsal but as soon as i realized i created that energy and they're just expressing it through chatter and allowing the kids to have that moment and finding ways to understand that my energy created different energy in them and it just looks different in a 12-year-old than it did in a 16-17-year-old and be okay with that absolutely you've got you've got hormones to contend with in middle school yes <laughs> and and our rehearsal times at our school are early in the morning oh yeah they're, they're at the beginning of the day so you know they're just waking up and and coming, coming around to, to being ready to be, in, enjoy and embark on their school day. And so it looks different than if it was at the end of the school day. Sure, sure.
0: So tell me really quick before we, cause I, cause I'm itching to get into your big idea, sure. um, but I want to know, you know, real quickly, if you don't mind, tell us, because I think Milton Hershey school has a, when I started doing some research, um, I told you this. Um, but my wife and I, one of our big dreams in the very beginning of our marriage was was kind of doing something very, very similar to what you do at what you guys do at your school. So, right. tell me real quick, what is the Milton Hershey
1: School? What does it stand for? Sure. Well, the Milton Hershey School uh, was founded by Milton and Catherine Hershey, and is one of the world's best private schools where we offer uh, top notch education and a positive home life to children pre-k through 12th grade and these are for families of low income uh, status and it's at no charge to the students Uh, everything at our school is provided no cost to families including the tuition and the housing they get all their meals and clothing provided school supplies all their technology medical and dental care counseling services everything that uh you would want for your your student uh is provided by the milton hershey school Uh, and it's a residential school where the students are cared for in family environments Uh, the students live in student homes with other students their age under care of full-time married house parent couples and then when you become a senior you would uh, you move into what we call transitional living apartment style housing to prepare them for uh, their independent life after graduation so all of our students that come to us are at a uh, particular financial need, yeah. And there's a, there's um, an actual percentage, which I don't remember off the top of my head. But more information on our school can be found at mhskids.org. and it's just it's an outstanding school, and the 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 amount of amazing kids that I have been able to interact with from all across the country. Uh, it's, it's just something I'm grateful for every day.
0: Holy, holy smokes. So uh, what you just, so I don't wanna go off on a tangent, but what you just described is kind of one of my big ideas um, that schools should literally be a triage center for our communities. And what you're basically telling me is that this school um, is set up to completely rechange the circumstances that these kids come from to build hope, to build resilience. Um wow. Okay. Okay. So yeah, we could literally talk about that the entire episode. Absolutely. Um, maybe maybe you can hook me up with somebody at your school that would want to talk about the Milton Hershey school the entire time. Um cuz I love that concept. Um I love that concept, and I think a public school could do the exact same thing.
1: Well, I think it, that fits into, you know, my big ed idea as well is that, you know, we as, as educators, we need to understand you know, that our, our role is the elevation of the student, which is much more important than the, the content we're teaching. Boom. And that, that has to be our mission, elevate Boom. the student
0: man beautiful beautiful all right so i feel like we are unwrapping a present right now we have touched a little bit we are just you know tearing a little bit of the wrapping paper away so before we dive in though there are two questions we're gonna we're gonna start with i call it the two for two uh it's just to model my firm belief that connections should always come before content um and and actually a buddy of mine we're talking about this yesterday i think this is in every single aspect. Um, you look at the best car salesman; they they get they connect with you before they try to sell you, try to teach you anything. You look at um, your your the banking industry around here. Now we have a bank that is all about relationships. You know, we have um, so it's all about the relationship. So before we get into the content or the meat, so to speak, I have two questions that I'm gonna ask you, and then you have two that you are gonna turn around and ask me and uh, it's for no other reason just to know a little more about david um and to let you know a little bit more about me um so i'm gonna start off what are you binge watching right now
1: well what i f- just finished binge watching was the mandalorian yes sir amen and, man baby yoda and- Loved it, and I am a Star Wars fanatic. <laughs> I, I I can remember sitting in my mom's Chevelle with the speaker hanging on the window in 1977, with a two bottles of Pepsi opened up and watching that with the car battery running. You know, because it was one of those you gotta, you gotta I think if I remember right, you had the speaker that connected from the radio, but it was a. Uh, just watching it when those old drive-in theaters and I've been hooked ever since. So that's what I am, what I am binge watching right now. That's a great memory. That is a
0: great memory. All right. Next, if you could be a superhero, who would you be? And then
1: why? Well, I think it's, that's an easy, easy one to answer. Uh, it's Wolverine dude right here. Yes. Uh, and it's not just because of, him being totally ripped and and <laughs> you know, uh, and and completely can heal and everything, but I, I think the the overall character character arc if from and I've only I know him from the movies. I am not the the in, into Wolverine from the comic comics movie. right, but uh, watching that character arc of being flawed but yet still being able to provide value to to the world and to help, even though deep down, maybe there's, there's. Background trauma that, uh, he has gone through
0: oh, and, yeah, uh, I and, never and thought about
1: that. Who doesn't want to have, you know, animantium claws either. You know, that's, that's a pretty cool feature. <laughs> that, that is exactly who I would have said. And for pretty much the
0: same reason. Only thing I would add is I love his facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, man, you got two for me?
1: All right, Yes. Yeah, so first of all, what is something that you are good at or enjoy that none of your students or colleagues know that you do? Ooh, Lord. I'm
0: pretty much an open book, and that might be one of my faults. Um, something I'm really good at, cooking. Cooking. I love to cook, um, but my wife... It, it really perturbs my wife that I follow the recipe to the T like, um, my wife can, you know, come home and just think of something and throw it together and it's amazing. And I like to research the recipe and, you know, precisely follow the directions. And I think that's really funny because if, if we would talk about my life story, um, I was as free flowing, um, drove a Volkswagen van for a little while. Um, so to go from that to like now where I'm really black and white and step-by-step step and sequential, um, I think is a test- <laughs> <laughs> testament of maturity maybe.
1: Sure. Sure. That's cool. So, okay. I had a couple, so I'm going to go with... Maybe not quite as relaxed as the first one, but (laughs) what what are your top two recommended books to elevate your game that you use or have read that are not directly involved as education books? Oh, okay. Um, So the
0: first one is The Fred Factor. Um, If you've never read The Fred Factor by I can't think of his name. But we'll put it in the it, show notes. Yes, we'll put it in the show notes. That's right. Um, yeah, Fred Factor, which is essentially the premise behind it, is about a mailman that puts um, customer service first and how it dramatically changes things when you um, when you put the customer first and you think about the customer first. Um, and then the other one um, is the art of servant leadership can't think of that author either i'm i'm a i'm a self-professed bibliophile i always have a book right now i'm reading about three um and so i kind of i love 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 to read but the art of servant leadership the main tookaway takeaway that i took away from that is that um this author he was a um fortune 500 ceo And he made the radical step of ten percent of their profits. He directly invested back into his people, so Mm. scholarships for students are for kids. Um, He would randomly select um, like office workers that were just not doing too hot and send them on vacation. Um, So it was really about investing in his people first. Um, I think that had, I think that says a lot, or I hope it says a lot about what I hope to be as a leader, you know, that person right. that puts his
1: people first, um, way before anything else. Right. I, I think that's, that's exactly what all the, the missions need to move towards the, you know, for sure, the, the people over profit mentality. And, oh yeah, for sure. You know. For sure. All right, man, I am ready to
0: unwrap that gift. So right, the first go. thing, um, so the question is, what problem does your idea hope to solve?
1: Well, the you know, the problem I think that we're facing in this 21st century education and it's just been completely amplified with the pandemic is the ability to elevate our students through connection with them and we are becoming more I think more and more disconnected uh, with or from our students with our stakeholders due to the ever-increasing needs to meet different goals that are also equally important. But we, we need to remember that the students come first. Sure. And so what I'm hoping that I can do through my classroom is, you know, focus on the elevation of the student over the elevation of the content. I mean
0: if you really break it down to it and i and i say this but we are in the service industry we are not i'm, I'm sorry but i would rather at the end of the day call myself a servant rather than a teacher you know a t- and, and i say this if if this is if this pandemic has not shown us anything else if we only call ourselves a teacher then a computer can do that job Sure, you know, and I know you will agree with this, but at my own high school, the students that we see connecting the most, turning in their work, showing up to Google Meets are those students that have a connection with their teachers. And it's those teachers that have taken that time to um, show themselves to the to their students, to... Um, you know, basically, just to show their students that they care. Those are those students that are. Those are those teachers that we are seeing ninety-seven percent attendance, like even more so during this time than in the normal times. Their attendance is higher because these kids need that teacher.
1: Does that make sense? Right. They want their. They want the connection. They want this. You know, maybe even the the structure provided by that teacher. I think we can even even go as far as to saying when um, a student is heavily involved, even in just one with one teacher, one connection that we can see an increase when you think about like kids who are in their school musical or um, maybe on a sport team, you know, uh, that that desire to come to school today because they've made their connection. Maybe it's because they're on SGA or are in some sort of service club that that gives them that, that feeling of purpose. Yep. And there's a purpose for coming to school beyond just prepping for the state standardized test. And, and when we, our students have that connection to, you know, a purposeful connection with the student or with a teacher and, or with a, an organization, uh, it allows them to then be open-minded or radically open-minded maybe to the other things that they're not. So, so, yeah. uh, glad to be there for what you know um
0: belonging a sense of belonging i think that's exactly what you're saying
1: yes absolutely because you know when we're thinking about like especially for me being a music educator uh, i have students for four years i have four years of opportunity to connect to build relationships um, to create interventions for our students and and really watch the child go from, you know, a, a fifth, for me, if we're a fifth grade band kid who can barely, feet can barely touch the floor while playing their clarinet, to being as tall as I am, you know, by the time they leave me. And I have that privilege to to work with them and watch them grow and watch them mature and change over the four years. Where uh, it's different than a core teacher who has them for that one year and they they move on. I can I I have that opportunity to to see all of the growth that that young child who's excited and then they get into that seventh grade hormone dump and they become quiet and then they come out of in eighth grade. I get to see all of it and yeah, it's sure. just an absolute privilege and it's an also great responsibility to know that we can have tremendous impact on, on who they become and provide real opportunity for them to, to find their best self. So I think
0: you just segued exactly to your idea. So you just said that you have, essentially you have the superpower of changing these kids' lives because you have them over the course of four years. Um, so, so talk to me now, talk to us. Um, what is this big idea that you have in order to kind of, like you said, counter the effect of uh, an ever um, disconnected world.
1: Well, for me, it works out, you know, I think everyone, everyone has to understand that their situation is different. So the implementation of how you're going to implement your big idea, it's going to look different math class is going to look different than a social yep. studies yep. Absolutely. class. We're going to have all those different things that, that overlap. But in my big idea to focus on elevating the student over the content and focusing on making sure every student is achieving their best, I kind of have three points that I utilize to uh, in to influence my big idea. So the first thing I do with my students or with myself towards my students is that I I realize that I am teaching them the art of for me music making the best way I know how. So I constantly want to make sure that I am at my best game of teaching music with them. The second thing that I do with my students is I will be a beacon of positivity in their lives as young men and women. I have to be positive with them. There can be times when I'm firm. I'm going to be firm, and fair to use kind of those old, older uh, educational ideas. Tough love, uh, you know. I'm going to have frame in my classroom. Uh, I'm going to. It's my my classroom, but I'm also going to be positive even when it has to be something of challenge. And then the third thing is, and this I think goes for no matter where we are. We're, we need to do all this with class. Yeah, we need sure. to be a class act, and our students need to see. Uh, the people that they are around the most, they need to see people be a class act to them, to treat them with respect and to each other. They need to see teachers being, you know, classy with other teachers and being professional and, and friendly and, a, and, and, uh, just great human beings to the best of everyone's ability.
0: I could not agree more. Um, particularly, um, so one of, one of my, one of my kind of things I've, I've, I've really been thinking about lately is um, we are. So you are you have a very, I think, different classroom because you get to keep your kids. Does that make sense? Correct. So they stay on site. Um, but I tell my my folks all the time, we are essentially raising kids. Um, and you are definitely raising kids, but I would say also in our, in our public schools where the kids go back and forth, who really sees those kids the majority of the day, it is their teacher. Um, right. we live in a world and I am guilty. I have four daughters myself. Um, pre COVID times, I left the house at four 30 every morning. I did not get home till four o'clock, four 30 every day, um, my daughters were in bed by eight o'clock every night um the, the times between 4 30 and eight o'clock are spent bed bath and books and so you know that doesn't leave a lot of time to really do what the how do i say this the traditional parent always did um and, and maybe in my opinion maybe that has to do a little bit with the breakdown of of why we are in the way that we're at with society because i feel like some of those parenting roles parenting roles have to be shifted to our educators and regardless of what you know regardless of what you say you know that's not an educator's job i would disagree i i think i think what you're telling me here is that we have got to this place where education has got to be more than the content because we are shaping lives, for, I mean, let's be honest, the majority of our students.
1: Yes, I. That's that is. I'm in 100% agreement. Um, you know, at the Milton Hershey School, that is our role. We, you know, we have the the teacher role, we have the home life role. Sure. Um, where you know we have, uh, mission statements and we have sacred values that we are that we implement, within all constructs of our, of our, uh, of our school. And you know, so we have the, we have the, that, that opportunity to be with them 24 seven in some capacity, whether it be this, the teacher or the, the home life, you know, which is amazing. Home. And it can really be a great intervention to, to provide those students, our students, what, um, what they need to get to the, to elevate to their next level. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think with that, we do have to understand that the parents are going to be an active part of the child's education. Sure. And every, every parent can provide differently. Uh, I, we've been reflecting around the house of when I was our marching band director and would be gone from, like you said, morning until nine o'clock at night and, and, and get to see my kids in bed, you know, during that, that, that marching band season, which was part of the reason for enjoying the shift to middle school so i could uh push my my kids marching band equipment onto the field instead of somebody else's i, sure. I had i had the joy to watch them and be in the stands watching them when they did marching band and musical and stuff uh, but you know the 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 more players we have involved in the child's education who Encourage our students. It's just going to show that they're going to be more and more successful. So, where we as the teacher can keep in mind that even though I may be the band teacher for middle school, or you know, uh, somebody might you know be the math teacher, we have that greater purpose beyond just that content. And and yeah, for forty-five to ninety minutes, depending on your schedule, you are that parent. Uh, you you are that parent, and you are having an impact on that kid that is so beyond if they're playing F or F sharp. Sure. It needs to be F sharp, (laughs) but we need to remember that we should tell them what they, what they need, not what they did.
0: Sure. So the, so the content is the deliverer of the connection.
1: Yeah. The content is is just, is just a vehicle to get to the connection and uh, you know, the, the high Test score. The great performance is a result of the connection. It's not a goal. It's a result. I think Simon Sinek has you know talked about that in some of his sure has. his books and his talk that you know we we sometimes see we set a goal, but what we're really setting is a result for a different goal. And that's helped me with my philosophy of you know I would like my band to perform at a state conference or an international conference out in Chicago. Well that's going to be a result, not yep. necessarily a goal. So if that's if I'm focusing on going taking the band to Midwest, I'm going to miss so many other things. But if I focus on the kid and what each of my kids need, which is completely different. Kid playing the third triangle part is just as important as the lead jazz soloist in my my band. And as we focus on giving every kid what they need, the result will be, I'll have a group that is ready to go. Amen, man. I love it. It's that whole child concept. Sure. So and, I, I, and I think in today's world, you know, we hear whole child, we hear whatever the, the philosophy or the buzz lingo is. A little cliche. We, right. It gets cliche. It can become, um, oh yeah, I do that. I do that. It's like, how many times have we heard, oh, I was doing SEL before it was a thing. But were you really? Yeah. Did, did you have intention? Yeah. You, you, you had a similar result and now you can elevate that game and make it even better. Yeah. But, but were we really doing it? We, right. we got close. We got a, we got a great, you know, a great happy accident. But
0: Yeah, sure. So I want to reflect on those three points you just brought up about sure. how you elevate. Um, first one you said was that you're always at your best game. I'm at my best game, um, hoping, hoping to be.
1: So we we have to recognize the fact that some days we may not be at our best. And well, and I would
0: say, it. and I would say, you are your best for that day, whatever that day looks like. Um, because, come on, I, I mean, I know countless times that I have went to school having just had an argument with my wife or just had to get on to my kids and you're not in the best state of mind when you walk in that door. So I completely get that. Um, but whatever your best looks like for that day, I think you are saying that's what you shoot for. That's right. That's right. Right. I've got this saying, um, you were made to be awesome. Um, and it stems from a book that I read about, um, I want to say it was Messiah college in Ohio. Uh, Whatever. It was division two. It was a division two school that had the longest running um, national championship streak. And essentially the coach pushed that when you were on the field, that was an intentional act of worship. And if you were not putting your God given abilities to the best of their abilities, then were you really worshiping, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, you know, and so for me, um, trying to do my best at everything I do doesn't mean I'm trying to be showboaty, or I'm trying to be cocky, or for me, it's an intentional act of worship.
1: Um, Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, You know, I think it comes down to really understanding that we, we are serving a higher purpose, whatever that is, right, right. For many, it can be a religious purpose. Uh, I think for the sake of the education field, where I'm coming from is uh, the the higher purpose is, is that servant leadership towards the student. Yeah, for the community. Right. And the mission of our school, the greater Milton Hershey community. And I know that, like, like you said, Uh, maybe, maybe you, you, you get one of those, uh, hacking emails that says your, your (laughs) iTunes account just charged $700. Oh, and that's happened. Yeah, yeah, it happens. And then you're like, okay, but I got, I got these saxophones coming in. I got to deal with this. We have to find a way to still be our best self. And, and it might not be the, the one you want. But you have to still remember those four saxophone students need you at your best. Yeah, yeah, and and we have to find a way to. I don't want to say power through, but we have to find a way to to remember them first. Yeah, not, so not not at the sacrifice of our health. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, but we we are there. Maybe maybe the moment isn't about uh, what scale they're playing. Yeah, maybe it's about. Hey, the best way I can serve you today is you're going to get 10 minutes to each go in a practice room, and I want you to pick your favorite song to play for me, and I'll come in and hear you. That allows me to be my best self by getting recentered. Sure. I can pivot my classroom, and I have that ability where someone with 22 in a social studies class, you know, they might have to tag out to the, the teacher next door for 10 minutes. But having a system in place to allow us to always find our best self, even when we're in a moment of, uh, of challenge.
0: Yeah, sure. Two things, two uh, moments of vulnerability. One, one of the things that I intentionally try to do is um, usually every day after lunch, when we have kids in the building, I check in with every teacher um, to see if they need a bathroom break or just just to see if they need a break. And that's kind of my thinking, just, you know, sometimes you just need a break. And that's totally, totally OK. Um, and then I would also. So back to my own kind of my own story. Um, There was a time in my life when I was fighting for custody of my oldest daughter. Um, I got full custody of her in kindergarten, and I was, I think I was like in year two, three of teaching. So, um, and at that time, I was also flip-flopping back and forth of whether or not I wanted to actually stay in education. I had applied to law enforcement, and that was something that was on my horizon, possibly. And then on top of that, I was getting text messages regarding this custody stuff during the middle of the day and i can remember you know like i was that teacher that would teach on the top of the desks and so you know i'm in, in the 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 classroom was my stage and so right. i was just man i was killing it we were in the zone and then i got a text message and and i heard it go off and i went over there and i looked at it and i can remember it just deflating my positivity Right. So, my question is, that second one, you said be a beacon of positivity in their lives. Um, I know from experience that that is so hard to keep up, but also so important for the ones in front of you. So, do you have any suggestions for people that are listening that, you know, how do you stay positive when you feel like um, like that is the last thing you want to do in that moment?
1: Right it it can be a challenge when you have those moments or uh, I you know I recently sold a house, bought a new house and received those text messages from like the mortgage broker, hey, we need this by two o'clock.
0: Oh um, What? That's fifteen minutes.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So those outside stressors, you know, they they are a challenge. And you know, one of the things um I like to do a lot of a Stoic readings the Stoic philosophers and uh, I I just put this quote in, in down on in on a journal paper here just in case it would make you know a point to show up that it would be appropriate and I think we've opened that door. It's uh, you, the quote is from uh, the uh, Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius and he is he is quoted as saying you have the power over your mind not side, not outside events. And when you realize this, you will find your strength. So I think that's something for us to reflect on that when we want to be a beacon of positivity. We'd have that power to control how we feel. And so as you're saying to get your question, how do you do that when when uh, life happens? Going, yeah, the going gets tough, so to speak, I think what has helped me, I know what has helped me is having good relationships with my team members. So when things have gotten challenging to be able to, if I need to tag out for a moment, you know, and we have that, a tag out system where, uh, even if it's like, I need the bathroom, Yeah. Right. What you know, Hey, take this red card over, take this red card next door and they know to come over and those sort of things.
0: Um, I love that.
1: but, But I also know that what helps staying positive is keeping your, your, your eye on those students in front of you and, and knowing that they're the ones that need you for that 40 minutes. Yeah. So to stay positive in their life, you know, come up with systems that when you have those moments that, you know, that you can rely on, uh, build the relationships with the students so that if you do need a couple minutes to regroup, they're there. They've built that trust with you that they're going to give it to you. So if you have that really good in, in classroom culture. Those, those moments where, hey, I need five minutes to manage this. You know that they're not going to get out of control because you've built a classroom culture and sure. they're connected to your mission. Sure.
0: I can remember um, I was a kindergarten teacher for a spell. And one of my brain breaks that I always used with my kids, um, and I taught at that time I was teaching in a Title I school, 97% free and reduced, um, some really major major stuff going on. And I remember um, I would play Coldplay videos for my kids. And um, I'm going to tell you, when I would have the – I was going through a particularly rough time. To hear kindergarten kids singing Coldplay at the top of their lungs, especially kids that you know would not be introduced to music like that in their home lives, to hear them singing those harmonies and stuff, immediately elevated my mood so i needed it so i would put on coldplay or i would put on Pentatonics, or i Mm -hmm. would put on um i introduced a lot of them to um let's see who was it at that time the beatles i mean the kids singing here comes the sun i mean right
1: well we we talk about giving kids brain breaks and everything and sometimes i think we as teachers need brain breaks amen and uh, find find it in a, a, you know appropriate music that you can turn up real loud for a five minute brain break and I don't know can you can you can you find a hair band that you know that, that you can play <laughs> play something from or you know uh, put on something by the police that you dig or oh if you wanna, yeah. You want to take your kids down a rabbit hole, put on some yes or fish or something that's, you know, really progressive, which would be a good thing to do, because as educators, we want to expose our kids to things they're not getting at home. Absolutely. And uh, wouldn't it be great for your sixth grade or your ninth grade, you know, class to go, tell me a little bit more about these lyrics to Xanadu by Rush. Sure. And, hey, let's pivot. But it gives us a chance to to uh, stay positive and get our, our vibe back. You know, uh, the, when I asked you about the books, um, one of the books that I read that kind of helps into this, this beacon of positivity uh, was, is well, was, I read it and it still is this book, the book uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And it's a great book because it talks about the art of negotiation because he was um, the top kidnapping and terrorist negotiator for oh, the wow. FBI. And he, if I remember it correctly, was would, was involved with a lot of like people outside of the United States. So international people. Uh, Type so he was situations. legit, very yes, very <laughs> very legit. And his book talks about different techniques to utilize in negotiation. And there's so much of that relates to our classroom, especially when we get into like deescalations of students. That, in essence, is a negotiation. Oh, We're trying for to negotiate sure. them back into reality our classroom and there are the different techniques that we learn as educators, of course, uh, old school ones that we no longer use and different, <laughs> you know, different, uh, more meaningful and, uh, empathetic, uh, techniques with our students. And this book gives some great, great ways to hmm. approach I'm put that. that in the show notes. Yeah, please do it. We approach it laterally. It's not education, it's negotiation, but it gives us maybe, uh, a, a different approach yeah and for you know the teacher who's like oh, I'm, i've been doing this for 30 years i don't need another way to do it you can Baloney. kind of you can kind of sneak that in on that teacher on that grumpy cat here's a book about the fbi oh i could use yeah. this in my classroom yeah sure but one of the things that they found uh, in their study was if you lead with humor or can get humor involved in the negotiations somehow, whether it be in, in, uh, business negotiations or in the FBI studies that your results, uh, amplified 20 to 30% higher. Sure. So beacon of positivity, uh, if you can get laughter or humor, that's non-sarcastic, uh, into that classroom or playing that music to get them singing, that's going to just make the make the your brain, the student's brain, all get out of that that limbic cascade and up into that frontal cortex to want to learn and open up. Absolutely, man.
0: Before I get to this last one, I just want you to know, I was a fish kid. Um, oh yeah. I saw so I saw fish in Cincinnati. I saw them. Let's see, twice in Cincinnati. I also went to their new year's Eve show 99, 2000 down in the, um, Everglades, a three-day show, um, Mm -hmm. which was an amazing. And I still, to this day, I love Trey Anastasio's, uh, guitar work. Right. So yeah, that's, that's obviously, that's something we could talk about forever. (laughs) That's
1: That's a deep dive, but, uh, during some of these these uh, weeks leading into uh, the holiday break, I've been finding all those uh, Trey videos on, on YouTube and I have a colleague who is a major fish fanatic and he'll send me videos of check out Trey here or check out this thing this, uh, recording from you no know, ninety eight ninety nine wherever it was from. And, uh, that's been probably for me, my, my newest fu- musical find that, uh, has allowed me to, you know, just go into different musical directions. Sure. Sure.
0: I have been on a, um, I love, love talking about music. So I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to get to the last one. I promise. <laughs> um, I have been on a hip hop kick, um, 90s hip-hop i love 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 hip-hop jurassic five um um, charlie tuna um far side diggable planets all the when hip-hop was about the lyrics and about the poetry and about the beats man i love 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 that so all right last thing uh last point that you made you said do all of these with class so Give me maybe your definition or maybe your
1: examples of what does that mean to do all of these with class? When we're thinking about doing things with class, simple way for me to explain it is, do you want your kid, your child, or maybe for some, maybe it's like your parents, uh, do you want them in the classroom, watching you, and are they going to be proud of you? Good that I think it. is an easy way to say it. Uh, you know, if I talk to a student and I turn around and my daughter's there, is she going to go, Dad, <laughs> or, or is she going to go, Yeah, yeah, right? And I want the Yeah, absolutely. And because these are somebody's kid, and as an educator, you as an educator. Uh, going to those parent-teacher conferences, you know, sometimes we gotta hold our tongue, especially as a, a young parent who's an educator. It's like I wanna, I wanna let them know, you know. So, how many times do you assess my kids during school year? <laughs> well, we do um, one. Guilty. Well, yeah. you know, really, should do three because we want to sh- show that we, we know, we know, we know, and then you grow out of that because they know too. Once you feel comfortable and built a relationship with them so back to those relationship building all stakeholders need that relationship building but the class act is is the words we choose uh one of the elements in the sel presentation that i do is there's we have a a section of it that's called from sarcasm to sel and we don't need to use sarcasm in the classroom anymore and I think we can all agree, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that we may have used sarcasm because we wanted that humor and we've experienced it and we've seen it and we thought it'd be funny to to go that route because we've seen it. Uh, but we can be classier than that. We we need to, to show our students how to have great relationships in a positive way. And some of this all comes back to um, my baseball journey in high school. And we had a pretty good baseball team. We had a horrible band, but we had a great baseball team. And the band wasn't horrible because of the teacher. The teacher was great. He had all the connections and he he is loved in the community. Uh, But sports took a higher road. And so the band kids maybe didn't practice as much as they could have or should have and we'd go to marching band competitions and we get last place and there's we can deeper dive into why that is it's some of that was a by a product design as opposed to i think overall the students but baseball team would go to district playoffs all the time and the i remember the coach when we were getting ready to go and he would say for that district playoffs because we would share a bus we would go up to buffalo and play where um the bisons play so in the triple a stadium for the playoffs and um he said you're gonna get on the bus you're gonna have a tie on you're gonna have dress pants dress shoes black socks or you know appropriate socks and you're going to dress as if this was a formal event absolutely and so we all get in with our you know, formal attire, you know, not sport coats, but you know, we're all wearing shirt and ties and going. And, uh, actually I think we went out to Elmira, New York, so about two hours away. It doesn't exactly matter. What some local semi local professional baseball stadium. And we got the charter bus and picked up another school's team and they all came in in t-shirts and sweatpants. Sure. We won they didn't mindset maybe yeah um luck of a game you know but that that stuck with me that you you want to be a class act when i was a marching band director and moved to pennsylvania there the the marching band had these elements that they did that that i you know you adopt because you're the new cat so you don't change the rituals (laughs) and certain things like you're, you're marching shakos your hats were in a certain way you don't walk th- between the hats you roll your if you're wearing white pants you roll them up so they don't get dirty until you get to the sideline and you you teach these really important rituals and ways to be classy that again elevate the 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 culture of the classroom and by being classy whether it be Simple things of, you know, you meet your students a certain way with a certain greeting, or just the fact that we talk to our students um, with with the highest level of respect, even when they are out of instructional control. We we want or I want, and I would want to get to across to everybody that we always want to treat that kid as if if that uh, you know young child of yours is watching over your shoulder and going dad that wasn't it yeah right and if if, and if that doesn't work for you then do you want your kid talk to this way sure sure and if the answer is no i wouldn't want someone to talk to my kid this way then change your words sure sure um i had the privilege for two years i had an amazing
0: principal um who came to me one one year and said, Hey, I've got this crazy idea and you are just the person for it. So we developed this class and we affectionately called them the crack kids. Um, Uh But they were the kids that were too high for special ed, too low for the general ed. And at that time they were third graders, but they were way below. And so I had two different groups for two different years. And the way I ran things in that class was I encouraged my kids Monday through Thursday to dress up and friday was dress down days and then we i also every morning started every single day by telling them that they were the smartest kids in that school and that they had been chosen for this grand experiment to see how much a kid could learn in one year and we also um, intentionally told them that anytime they walked into that room it was they were walking into work and so I think what you're saying and and what I'm learning the more and more I'm in this education game is that so much of this that we don't really talk about enough is the psychology behind teaching. And what you're saying, I think, with this class thing is that you are building habits. You are shaping habits for these kids that hopefully will carry them long after they have left your
1: classroom. Correct. Um, you know, the, the learning process for everybody can look a little bit different. And the the way that student one learns a concept and student three, four, five, fifteen, 15, you could have 15 different approaches to teaching the concept. But there shouldn't be any change in your character. Yep. yep. Um, you, you the the virtues that you emulate uh you know there there's a back to the stoic thing there's there's the, the saying that says stop discussing what makes a good person just be one and at the end of the day we just need to be kind and be a good person to every kid that's in our classroom and when they see that and they experience it and they feel it they may come from a broken home that mom and dad are constantly fighting or the parents are divorced and they're going between two homes and seeing two different um, environments Um, or maybe for you know our our place where you know we have students who when they 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 go home and the home may be different every time they go home. but if we can be a class act, be constant, we can we can be firm, we can be essentially a mountain that's unwavering to all the changes around it. So when the kids come to my classroom, they know this is how Mr. Knot's going to be. They know it's safe and they know that they can trust me because I'm not setting up any sort of tricks in the classroom to get them, you know. Even in my assessments, there's there's no trick questions. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, so, David, not the
0: unwavering mountain. I'm going to leave us with that. Awesome. <laughs> um, David, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. I think there are um, probably a hundred rabbit holes we could have went down. I think we we share a great many um, interests, and I look forward to our uh, conversations that we will have off the record um, regarding music and life and philosophy. Because I think um, I think you're definitely a kindred soul. I think uh, I, I love your your ideas. I love the hashtag Elevate. Um, so I just hope that the listeners out there have taken something from this. Um, again, you know, I love what you're doing. Keep it up. Um, in just a second, I mean, I'm going to let you tell us um, how people can get a hold of you because because ultimately, guys, this is a platform to connect people so if you are out there and you have been listening and david has you know sparked an interest or you think that you have something to bring to his conversation i would encourage you to reach out Um, nothing changes in this world without connections first so please reach out to david reach out to myself Um, if you want to know more if you want to talk with david shoot if you just want to you know, if you want to um, direct a, a virtual um, performance with David, um, that would be cool too, um, and we could do that. So, David, if you will, how can people get a hold of you?
1: I think the easiest way to get in touch with me would be to follow me on Twitter. D E K Conductor is my handle on Twitter. D E K Conductor. And that's also my Gmail. So if you would like to send any communications that way, and you can find me on LinkedIn under David, not happy to connect that way. And if there's anything you take away from today, you inspired you, please use the hashtag elevate in your Twitter posts. would love to start seeing that trend up.
0: Amen. My brother from another mother, Dave, um, I feel like we're, we're, we know each other enough now. I can call you Dave. You can. Um, thank you so extremely much for being the um, inaugural episode um, for this um, endeavor. Um, someday, when uh, we are rich and famous, we are going to look back and we're going to say, this is where it all started. This is where it started. And <laughs>
1: it's been a, it's, it's been a great pleasure to be uh, to be your guest and talk with you. I think you are correct. I, I agree with you 100%. We could have gone down a ton of rabbit holes and uh, that's what's great about the connections and the conversations because it can go in so many different directions and where it where it lands is just it's like a jazz journey. you know where are we going with this with this improvisation and we just landed in some great spaces. so I appreciate the time today.
0: Hey man, no problem enjoy the rest of your day. Um, if, if there's anything that you need, if, uh, of me or whatever, just, just reach out. Okay.
1: Sounds great. And you do the same.
0: All right. Um, to my listeners, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day or night or whenever you are listening. Um, until next time. you so much for hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds, and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. The world needs you and your big ideas, or small ideas, or medium ideas, or sparks of ideas to become what it can be. So please subscribe to this podcast. Reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion, and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.